Hello and welcome to the Catholic Nerds Podcast, your aesthetically pleasing source for cold showers and quality Catholic nerdery. This is Scott and Cody. The only ones among us that are A, present, and B, have done Exodus 90. That's what we're talking about tonight. The very uh, adjective, powerful 90-day spiritual retreat for men, Catholic men, but really made for anyone. I did an interview recently with Nathaniel Benversi. Uh, He's one of the guys behind Exodus 90. He's the guy that helped write Exodus 90. But before we dug into that and show you that interview, uh, I just wanted to kind of go through our experiences of Exodus 90. Uh, Cody, you want to start us off with it? Yeah, sure. Um, So I first did Exodus 90 back in 2019, I believe. So uh, th- almost three years ago and and oh, yeah this this would be the three-year anniversary because we did it leading up to easter um and it was it was amazing um we had a, a a great group of guys um a lot of us still talk today uh just uh we really helped each other to kind of grow in our spiritual life which is fantastic um it, it was a group of guys that i had not known well before i knew uh like one of them pretty well uh, and so it was really great to get to know a lot of these guys a little bit better. Um, the The experience itself, the prayers itself, the readings were fantastic, uh, very, uh, very well done. Uh, and and coming from a background of being a seminarian, like it was, it was a good um, structure, a good structured thing to follow. You know, you you have this schedule and it develops, and you, you are walking on this path. And so, um, I thought it was really well done. Uh, obviously, the uh, some of the aesthetics kind of were miserable for a time. Uh, I so we'd go to the weekly meetings and and the guys would be like oh yeah you know i had the um, you know the, the cold showers but you know you just get in there you turn the heater on in the bathroom and you turn on your heated floors and i'm sitting over there like i ain't got none of that <laughs> bro my cold showers are cold yeah like i get yeah. out of the shower and i'm still freezing for like 30 minutes and it's just like oh my gosh yeah, so Exodus 90 is kind of known as the cold shower uh, routine regimen. It's mm-hmm. got the three pillars, um, which I alluded to in the intro, the asceticism, um, asceticism, prayer, and fraternity. And Cody's pretty much covered all those. Uh, I, I did it last year, was my first year, and my experience was half-hearted, I think, for all those. This year, my cold showers start out cold and in in cold. Uh, (laughs) Previously, we'd start out warm and slowly take away the cold, but that's not it. That's not doing it. So this year, I've taken away all, I've done it all. Uh, I've gone all in and the results already have been amazing, not just for myself, but also with my wife, Um, having more time with her, less screen time, my prayer time. This is a program for basically lay person, layman for formation. And there's not a lot of that out there. Yeah. Um, getting back to where I was in seminary, right? my yep. depth of prayer. Now, my understanding was when I first started, and I could be completely wrong. It, yes, it was developed by layman, but it was developed for seminarians. Originally. Yeah, Father, and we covered this with Nathaniel in the interview, yeah. but Father Brian Dorr was the originator of this. He was he created this program for seminarian formation i think it was somewhere in the northwest like in the dakotas or montana that was where the cold showers are extremely cold oh yeah (laughs) just walk outside it's cold shower but yeah yeah so, so so some of the other aesthetics that that we got um obviously no no alcohol right um cold mm-hmm. showers uh nothing to drink really except for water yeah. right? i don't know if you can hear this on the microphone but drinking my hot tea 
So you could have like a tea or a coffee or something like that, but mm-hmm. mostly you just had to stick with water. Like no, no, you weren't, they, yeah, no, no sweet juices, drinks. no sweet drinks, anything like that, which is and, impressive and difficult because I love orange juice and cranberry juice. Um, yeah. So and you can do um, coffee, you can do black coffee. You can't do like half and half in there. Unfortunately for me, I didn't drink coffee or tea. <laughs> So I was just stuck with water the whole time. Uh, (laughs) um, But no, and then uh, you have the um, no video games, uh, Mm -hmm. which was, and then uh, limited screen time, right? So I just discovered the joys of Minecraft uh, the day before (laughs) Exodus 90 started. My daughter and I were just hours of Minecraft and that was it. (laughs) Yep, yep. I think uh, was it, there was a game that I had just started playing on my phone and I was like, this is amazing. And then all of a sudden <laughs> I did this 90 happened. I was like, well, God save me. <sighs> yeah. So, um, but no, and then uh, of course uh, increased, you, you, I think there was one of the, one of the things was uh, about reading. You couldn't read anything that wasn't like uh, spiritual or uplifting. There's, you're not allowed to, you're only allowed to listen to music that's uplifting to God. That's uh, it. The general reduction in computer time, phone time, video games, you almost think there's a reading requirement, but it's, it's just, right, that, right. it's just that you have suddenly all this time. Yeah. And so you got to read. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that that was the time that I was really getting back into comic books um, at that time. And so like, um, uh, so I guess you're right. So I did spend a good bit of time reading some comic books at that time because I couldn't do anything else, you know, um, like in between appointments and things like that. I couldn't play a game. You know, I had to either focus on, you know, my work or make some phone calls or, um, you know, or yeah. read comic my, books. My work productivity has gone way up and I would be loath to neglect to shout out to our fraternities um, that I will be sharing this podcast with uh, the St. Mary's false of uh, false river and Immaculate conception here around new roads. We together have uh, we've joined together and we have three fraternity groups. So we have about 30 guys total. And uh, I think it's already showing great fruit. It's going to be great for our community. That's, mm-hmm. that's how I like to, uh, excess 90 for me was a way to to build up the male community in our church community mm-hmm. that you know we're not just talking about lsu football or not talking about texas a&m football but, <laughs> <laughs> but that we are able to communicate about our spiritual lives yeah. and our challenges together yeah. yeah it's definitely uh a fantastic opportunity to build that, that fraternity, an iron sharpening iron. And that that's what um, the male heart really needs in a lot of cases is to be sharpened by other men uh, to, to, to be uh, helped be formed by other men so that we can uh, better ourselves along this path and help each other to continue to grow towards God, uh, both in our spiritual life, in our family life, in our work life. Um, and that, that's, that's one of the beautiful things. Uh, so um in doing this, I was already working with the Knights of Columbus, right? I, but the fact that I could carry Speaking that great male God, fraternal organizations. Exactly, right? Um, but I was able to carry the Exodus 90 into my work, right? It wasn't that I had to set it aside while I was working, which some of the guys, you know, that, that's what they had to do. It's like, you know, I'm working. Yes, I'm still yeah, doing my stuff, right. but I can't really focus on this. Whereas myself, I can go to the appointment and say, Oh no, I can't have that. You know, um, I'm doing this thing called Exodus 90 and we'd chat about it, you know? Uh, so it was, it was just a fantastic opportunity to share, uh, that kind of stuff as well. A great evangelical tool. Absolutely. Um, and so it, it was, it was definitely, um, difficult, uh, the we actually did it again the same group of guys did it again um mm-hmm. but we ended up calling it exodus 90 light um yeah. because we, we we relaxed some of the uh some of the aesthetics um but we really wanted to focus on that spiritual growth and that fraternal growth and so um that that is what we did um and we we also had a, a priest that was a part of our group as well 
Uh, and that kind of just brought an extra layer to it. Um, not only that we had a good spiritual father to help kind of direct us, but at the same time, he was sharing some of his difficulties, some of the things that he struggled with. And for that, for us to see that as, as, as husbands, as fathers, it was beautiful. Like, Hey, these, the, the priests aren't perfect, right? They, yeah, they have yeah. their own things that they struggle with. And it's, it's a fantastic thing to see them open up and just kind of be vulnerable, Right. Um, and, and for us to be there to support him in his ministry. So I, I think a very important part of, of what Exodus 90 is about. I we're, think. we're very grateful to our local priest, Father Todd Lloyd and Father Chris Decker, Father Chris Decker of the Catholic Underground podcast, that they're doing this right alongside us. Yeah, uh, it's that's really uh, I think that's going to be a great part. Uh, and really enhance the experience like Cody was saying for mm -hmm. the whole group. Absolutely. Hey, it's Colby. <laughs> hey. Welcome. Uh, Colby, we're talking about Exodus 90 because we're uh, we're getting right, we're introducing the interview that Scott did. Um and Colby and so was there for it too. Talk about our experience. Oh, you were there for it. Ah, yeah. Or Scott was so prepared that I got half a question in, but <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty bad at sharing. No, Colby, but it was good. So yeah, um, any anything you uh, wanted to, Colby, anything about this interview that you wanted to um, bring up as we introduce it before we uh, let it roll? Sure. I think one thing I've appreciated about Exodus 90 is that it's appreciated. <clears throat> so a lot of ministries come and go, a lot of ministers mm -hmm. in different areas come and go, but this seems like one that has was introduced it was very well received in a lot of different communities and a lot of different places. And I think they've managed it very well and, and have been able to grow it to where it's something that's a lot more valuable and a lot more sustainable yeah. and beneficial for so many people. So, uh, it's great staying power. Yeah, it does. It has great staying power. And they've, they built it into a kind of like an annual staple for a lot of people. So even yeah. if you don't honestly struggle with the core, you know, ideal that they try to combat but if uh you know if there's other things that you struggle with like it's it's a seasonal retreat that you can do uh, mm -hmm. with a close group of friends or a close group of brothers it's a great and way then, to beef up your lint yeah it is and then one of the things i, I appreciated too that he, he mentioned was they are expanding or they they have common i guess management or ownership or whatever with a lot of other initiatives as well mm -hmm. that i don't think most people are aware of so I think it's good from a, a holistic ministry point of view to where they're not just doing one thing either, like they're branching out or they have influence in other, other ministries as well. So yeah, I think it's good. And um, I do it every year, usually with a different group of guys, just kind of depend upon, you know, friend groups at that time or, or needs, but uh, it's good. I, I will say the, the only reason I'm not doing it this year is um, what I, the new position that I have with the Knights of Columbus is bringing enough stress as it is. Uh, yeah. and so uh, that and the, um, the, the baby coming in uh, April. So I'm just like, <sighs> April already. Wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna I'm take this year off. <laughs> like <laughs> just, I, I've got enough stress going on as it is. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna do it next year. I'm getting back into it, but that, I, that, that brings up a good point that, Excess 90 is something you need to commit to fully. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's, it, it's not for every year. It's not for every person. Um, yeah. God needs to call you to it. Absolutely. And, and, and it, it may be that I needed to pull a mother Teresa and be like, well, you know, I don't Double have time down. for this. Well, you got to do it anyway. Kind of thing. Yeah. But I just did not feel called to do it this year. And so, yeah, that, that is just, we'll, we'll get back to it at some point. <laughs> When you've done it or when y'all have done it, do you normally do the the partner or like anchor? You have a, their anchor, yeah. Yeah, we do the anchor. And that that for me was probably one of the most beneficial parts of Exodus 90 was having yeah. someone holding me accountable every day uh, yeah. and me being able to hold someone else accountable every day um, just to kind of help each other to build and grow. Yeah. Yeah. My, this past time, this past cycle, my buddy Andrew is, uh, was my anchor. And I was his, but we live right down the street from one another, not even like barely five minutes. So nice. even just not being in touch every day, but physical proximity was a help as well, because yeah, even outside of our, our weekly meeting, we could just 
you know, pass by and see each other and stop in for a couple of minutes or say, Hey, yeah. so yeah, that was our, our weekly meeting this year is amazing. So father Todd and father Chris will say mass for us at Immaculate Conception. We'll meet, you know, have our fraternity meeting beforehand at like seven fifteen. meet for mass at eight, then have exposition of the blessed sacrament rosary and benediction afterwards maybe even some breakfast uh it's it's really uh That's they awesome. say yeah they say you know add at least one mass uh mm-hmm. to your weekly schedule well, this yeah. is this is that works ex- yeah this is a good one that's awesome that was so my first uh first year doing it my anchor um I can't remember which way it went, whether I was his anchor, or he was my anchor. It was this guy um, who is, is blind and wow. his faith is just incredible. Uh, and so like his ability to just kind of put things into perspective, really like, and it wasn't that he was blind. It was that he was able to see things that I couldn't, you know? Uh, and it was just like, it, it was incredible being able to just talk with him every day uh, to help him, like help him. And he's helping me. And it was just, it was a great mutual friendship that was built off of that. And so I appreciated it a lot. Uh, just, yeah. Shout out to my anchor last year, William Stiegel. This year it's uh, Brian Costello, uh, our local historian, uh, and uh, David LeBlanc. There you go. So funny story. This is uh, unrelated. Maybe edited out. Um, <laughs> David LeBlanc and I, we've always kind of felt a kinship, but it turns out that we do have common ancestors. The LeBeau brothers who immigrated to Louisiana. To Remy LeBeau? No, no, not, not uh, Gambit. <laughs> but uh, the LeBeau brothers immigrated here in the 1780s. Uh, Francois and Alexis LeBeau. Alexis LeBeau is nicknamed Red uh, Blackbeard, and Francois LeBeau is nicknamed Blackbeard. Did I say that right? Redbeard and Blackbeard? You said Blackbeard and Blackbeard. Oh, okay. All right. Um, Alexis was Blackbeard, and Francois was Redbeard. He's descended from Redbeard. I'm descended from Blackbeard, and that's basically how our beards align in color as well. Well, there you go. So you never know about that anchor. Yeah. Yep. So without further ado, uh, let me introduce you guys to uh, Nathaniel Benversi, uh, this interview we did. Uh, and I hope in listening to this that Exodus 90 will become an option for you and be a source of great change and growth for you. So here we go. The reception's a little rough in the beginning, but don't worry, it gets better. Well, yeah, if you, uh, awesome. you'd like to uh, lead us in prayer. Sure. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, be present, be with us in our mind, and lips, and our hearts. That was a hear you desire us to hear today, and speak your desire us to speak, so each of us may go forth to love and to serve you, exactly as you see fit. And I ask for the grace of humility for all of us, that we might be vessels. Bring your message and your life and your love to those who will hear it hear this podcast in the future and i give you thanks for the gift of technology please bless it that i may continue to draw us closer to each other thus bringing the members of the body of christ into more perfect unity in you jesus christ and i thank you for the gift of scott as well and blessings that he is to his community and all the participants in this podcast families as we spend time slightly away from them to be present here our time here might not be in vain but might serve St. Joseph, pray for us, increase in us virtue. Amen. Amen. Uh, joining the Catholic nerds on his uh, cross-country adventures with his family, we have Nathaniel Benversi. We'll get into your background with Exodus 90, but I don't want to say the brains behind the operation, but certainly a content creator, and we've all been enjoying your work. Can you, uh, Nathaniel, can you kind of give us a little background of how you came to Exodus 90? Yeah, absolutely, Scott. Thanks so much for having me on the show. It's a pleasure to be here. So I came to Exodus through my teammate, James Baxter, and James and I went to seminary together. James received Exodus 90, the spiritual exercise from a mentor of his, a priest in Diocese of Lafayette, Indiana. And after running the company for a couple of years, I had done Exodus 90 myself and keeping up with James as a friend. And then saw some 
some opportunities there for us to partner up together. I was finishing up my master's in theology as well and closing some time with focus as a missionary. I was looking for the next step. So I ended up joining the team with James at that point, and I've been with them for about three and a half years now as the director of missionary. And so you you go, at least in this part, uh, you've been going around the country speaking to groups of men. Are you uh, especially effective at that 20 to 39 year old range? Is that your heart? Yeah, definitely where my heart's at, for sure. But I think most of the time our hearts are right where we are and or where our children are. And in this case, mine is right where we are in terms of the age group. And it's also an effective group of men to talk to because that's such an influence. Their family is still very malleable in terms of willing to be formed, but not like old dogs who are refusing to learn new tricks or whatever. And they, they just have a zeal. They start to see the need for growth in the spiritual life as they start to have children, and they watch their children grow. It's just watching them makes them more zealous. For like, are we, okay, like, I guess I need to do something with my life. I guess I have to make a change in my life. And I love to work with men who are at that state. We see their failures and their successes in the faces of their wife and children. So what you have, uh, is it called the beer garden approach to, to reaching out to guys in that, in that age range? Yeah, so we, we started the Exodus Tailgate Tour, and having the beer garden approach is, is one aspect of that, where we invite men to, when they bring us in, and they are hosting the event, sort of their event. We bring the hype with the big fifth-wheel RV, 42 feet of orange Exodus logo and, and extravaganza, if you will, to the event that my family and I live in as we travel around the country. Then the men, they can have the event however they want. We encourage them to have beer and to have music and have yard games and whatever they can in the space that they have to really build that atmosphere that's welcoming to them. Instead of just doing it to another parish event at your parish or wherever you are, you can pick an off-site location or at least that backyard of your parish or, you know, make your parish feel more welcoming to men who maybe don't go to your parish at all, maybe only go on Sunday, and who wouldn't be interested in just going to another parish event. So really encountering them there, opening it up there so that we can meet them as something that they are familiar with and walk with them from that point forward into a life that they know that they want to live but have no idea how to get there. So this this episode is probably going to air in the beginning of January and Exodus 90 will be upon us. Um, what would you say to uh, a guy considering uh, doing Exodus 90 for the first time, or maybe doing it um, as his annual retreat with Exodus 90. Yeah, so Exodus 90, just to kind of give that clarification, it's a 90-day spiritual exercise for them, right, based on prayer, asceticism, and fraternity. There's, there's pretty intense disciplines for the life of prayer, including a holy hour each day with 20 minutes of silent contemplative prayer as part of that holy hour. Then there's the reading of scripture that's given to you right in the Exodus 90 app, and a reflection that helps you to not lead towards pride or lead towards despair, but really to follow the Lord towards greater freedom in your life. Then you have disciplines of asceticism. No sweets, no sweet drinks, no snacking, no using your phone or computer except for necessary things. Regular exercise three days a week, cold shower, no alcohol, all these things that are really intense. And then you also have the fraternity aspect. You go out and find five to seven men in your community who you know are guys, whether they admit it or not, who want to be better men, want to be better husbands, want to be better fathers, just want to be better men. You find them, you bring them together with you, and for 90 days, you and five to seven other men walk with the Lord towards greater freedom, fulfillment, life, and joy. So for those men who are considering this, who want to change their life and are ready to finally start living differently to obtain that life change that they want, I would absolutely encourage you to be the leader. Go out and find five to seven other guys. Don't wait. Don't wait around expecting the parish to like provide you something as if you're entitled to some type of ministry and just be handed to you. This is part of your formation. Go out and find five or seven other guys to start changing your life today and at the end of 90 days. You'll be exhausted, but you'll be very grateful that you did it. Good Lord's exhausted. You right there. Now, I, I did uh, Exodus 90 for the first time last year. Uh, Colby, you've... um. You've also done it before, right? I've actually done it almost every year for the last, I think, four years. 
Wow. Uh, not the same group every year. Usually find a different group to hop around with, but uh, to echo your comment, usually the men that I've done it with, we are either very close friends or develop some type of fraternal bond that continues even past the retreat. So it's, yeah, it's pretty powerful. Uh, Nathaniel, I've read that, or I heard you talking about the spiritual originator of Exodus 90, uh, Father Brian Doerr. Is that correct? That's right. Now, was it, and I'd love to hear, you know, that story if you have time, but also uh, I heard that you were the one that helped refine the discipline. So who is responsible for these cold showers? <laughs> yes, that's, that, that blame goes straight to Father Brian Dora for sure, <laughs> in a very good, good way, very good way. Yeah. So he made the original set of disciplines and the original set of reflections. And then I came in and, and tuned them up for the married man and for, uh, yeah, for, for longevity, if you will. So it's been a real, real gift to be able to be a part of this and to take what he has and to make it even better for ongoing formation for men. So it's, no, it's not just arbitrary. Was there any type of methodology or anything behind, I guess, putting in that, that formula? The formula for prayer, citizens, and opportunity really is just taking a look at the Christian life taking a look at what kind of life did Jesus live himself and what was given to us in Old Testament and New Testament and the life of prayer, asceticism, and fraternity are three huge things. If we want to be Christian, we have to live Christ's life and Christ lived for his entire life. This life of prayer, which we all, you know, it's easy to see that, but a life of asceticism acts of self-denial as well. He put others first in all things and took up suffering before the cross. But then, of course, went the cross in its culmination. And then he lived journey. He went camping for three years with a bunch of dudes. Smelled like fish. Like, come on. He lived this well, which was huge. And, and I think I like the, the chosen because it points out to us that, yeah, he lived fraternity with 12 guys, but not 12 guys who loved each other super well. Like, they didn't, they didn't even like each other when they started, right? Look at how they treated Matthew. Not so well as a tax collector. And yet that was a part of their formation, part of how they learned unity with God and unity with each other so, so is there gonna do you have any planned tie-ins for uh the fraternity aspect and the chosen is with S, with xs 90 is there any possible overlap there that we could do well there's nothing in the plans right now but if you got the connection we'd be happy to talk to whoever, <laughs> whoever wants to talk to us yeah i'll just open that, up my, but yeah it's not I'll open up my Rolodex and uh, see what I can do. Yeah, so, perfect. That sounds great. <laughs> so Exodus, huh? Not, uh, you didn't want to do Babylonian captivity or uh, wandering in the wilderness? Yeah, the Exodus story is so good because the Israelites are knuckleheads, and yeah. so are we. And so it's a, it's a beautiful uh, a way for us to evaluate our own life and how God loves us by watching him do this in history, a God who is unchanging and will continue to love his people, right? So the Israelites, they get themselves enslaved. The book of Exodus tells us in the first chapter that this was a strong people and growing exceedingly strong. And that's what caused Pharaoh to be afraid of them. And so he enslaved them and put heavy burdens upon them because they were so strong. We too, as men, actually have great power, especially as Christian men, power that we don't know the same as the Israelites didn't see the power that they had either. And so we allow ourselves to just simply be enslaved. You can't talk about Christianity at work. You can't talk about uh, these aspects of sexuality in public. No, you have to conform yourself to the lies of the culture or you're going to get canceled, right? That's slavery. And we're allowing ourselves as men and as Christian men to become enslaved by the culture. Well, God's got other plans. He's going to lead us out of this to our heavenly homeland. He's going to lead us out of this through the crossing of the Red Sea, out of slavery, if we're so willing to follow him, if we're so willing to take up this difficult journey with him, this time of purification, because we got idols in our life and we need to be purified from. And as we go through these 90 days, we're going to have some successes and we're going to have some failures. God's going to win some victories for us and we're still going to doubt him, the same as the Israelites did as they wandered through the desert as well. All the way, all the things that he did for them, water from a rock, quail from heaven, bread from heaven. Oh, my goodness, all these things. And what do they do in chapter 32? They build a golden calf. Come on. 
Yeah. And so we do the same thing. We turn back to our idols as well. But God is right there. So that's why we choose to look back to this. It's just a great example of God's love for us. And I, I love how they carried the Ark of the Covenant before them and how we can carry the Ark of the New Covenant before us, you know, with the Blessed Mother, whether it's the Rosary or Marian consecration, you know, any of those things. That's probably, I probably heard that in one of yeah. your reflections. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's to- totally true. We have all these great resources, rich resources right here at our fingertips and try to employ them in the next 90 days for sure. I guess one of my questions is, again, being a participant for several years now of seeing the evolution of just having a PDF workbook, getting email or then text notifications uh, when they worked at that time, <laughs> uh, and now to a full-blown app that's very robust and, and some great guide. It's a great um, app. Through the evolution, I guess, of the content development and also the platform, um, where do you see maybe the, the program two, three, five years from now? Yeah, well, most people don't know. First of all, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we work really hard. Our team is working super hard uh, on the app and developing tools for the men and meeting them where they're at and utilizing what we have in our world today for good, for God's good, for sure. And in the future, I mean, one of the things that men, many men don't know is that it, Exodus 90 is one of our spiritual exercises that we have to offer. We've got over 20 spiritual exercises already established. We have 20 of the 20 plus are called our biblical series. You start back in the book of Genesis. You walk through salvation history with your fraternity. No, it's not living cold showers for, for all thousand plus days here, but it is a life of prayer that is in our fraternity and a, and a much easier scale, if you will, that's more livable, but still challenging still good and healthy for us to live prayers that is in eternity all year round, just as Christ would have lived it. So those things already exist, and we're excited to implore and help men understand those and use them all the better, this biblical series for three years of ongoing formation. And then a little sneaker, this year we got a brand new uh, second version of Exodus. The same scripture reading, same discipline, but for those guys who keep coming back to it every single year, we got a second version of Exodus with different reflections for those men to go even deep, deeper, especially in spiritual life. That's awesome. One, one of the projects I've been working on with Father Calloway, Father Donald Calloway, uh, who gave us a St. Joseph consecration, we've created a St. Joseph consecration for children and families. And so I was wondering if Exodus 90 might be able to, if there might be a branch of Exodus 90 for, for younger people, you know, maybe, I think, I think, conf- would you think confirmation students could do Exodus 90, but maybe something for before, you know, the preteen age? Yeah, the life of prayer said this is an opportunity. It's certainly for all men. There's no doubt about it. And the church does give us some guidelines in terms of uh, the differences between those who are adults or of a certain age, having certain requirements upon them for fasting and abstinence. So to be mindful of those, it is good in terms of wisdom as well. We don't For want to stunt anybody's Exodus, growth. Prom- right, right, exactly. And we here at Exodus, we don't promulgate anybody doing Exodus under the age of 18 uh, because there needs to be a lot of good wisdom there and guidance as well. We don't want a bunch of, just to be kind here, 14-year-olds taking something up when, when they don't really know what they're doing, getting themselves in trouble, right? So have we certainly seen dads do this with their sons? Things like the troops of St. George doing this as troops, absolutely. Certainly have seen that, and it's for great truth. I really liked one of the things you said about, you know, at, at the office, we just can't speak to other men the way we want to. We're confined. We can't. We have to talk about sports or something meaningless. But Exodus 90 is this great way to say, hey, why don't you join me in, in digging deeper? Yeah, one of the things that we really desire to do is increase the number of non-Catholic participants mm. in Exodus 90. We certainly had hundreds of men who are not Catholic do this, and you actually will not find the word Catholic even one time within uh, this exercise. I, t- I took it out three years ago. Why? Well, first of all, because the Pope doesn't talk like that. He doesn't say, to my Catholic faithful. No, he, he says to the Christian faithful. And the word Catholic, unfortunately, has some negative, uh, negative connotations, certainly amongst non-Catholics, but then it has like this over, I don't know, overbearing connotation and presence in our church 
post Vatican II that it doesn't really need to have. It's like our our last hailing sign of like, hey, we need to save our church that's dying and going away. So let's be Catholic, let's be authentically Catholic, and let's say the word Catholic as many times as we can to remind people that they should be Catholic. Uh, when really we could be Christian and be more united. And we actually end up using the word Catholic as a division instead of a unifier. The word means universal, and yet we draw a line in the sand every time we use it. So we'd love to unite the body of Christ all the more, not by any means becoming less authentically Catholic in the way we live our life or the way we teach the teachings, but giving a, uh, an atmosphere of unity for men to come and encounter truth of the faith. And if they become Catholic later on, hey, awesome too. <laughs> but I, I mean, I hear what you're saying. It's a it's an all hands on deck kind of moment for the the church militant and the and for the body of Christ. I yeah, absolutely. I read that you were uh, speaking in uh, this year at the at, you made the rounds in in Slovakia and. Um, did you get, did you, did that happen? Were you able to do that with all the, um, the pandemic such as it is? Yeah. Thankfully, uh, what I didn't know before this is Slovakia, 60 some percent Catholic country, which is excellent. And so they were able to give me permission to enter the, the country oh, awesome. under some type of exception that I had to have from their government. But because I came to do service for their country, I was able to, to get that exemption. And my wife and family was as well. My little children, of course, they didn't exactly need it since my wife and I had it. But my wife got the exemption so long as she got on stage and, and actually did something. Oh, okay. And she did. She got That's on stage awesome. and, and some guys asked her about what it's like to be an Exodus wife. And she gave a beautiful witness to, towards that to help the whole family out as well. So, yeah, we got to go over there. We did four or five different talks uh, while we were over there and just really got to spend time with that culture. Very different group of men, very faithful we just uh we just welcomed our fifth uh child um little jude bosco and i saw that you were speaking at the salesian oratory of don bosco how was that location yeah it was a lot of fun they do they have a really strong presence of this bosco community or like youth type especially ministry through these don bosco centers that they have there so it was really a privilege to be a part of one of those, uh, as since they affect so many young people in, in Slovakia. So it was good to be a part of it, for sure, and celebrate Mass with them after the event, and just to see a, a whole bunch of new faces uh, at that location and meet some of the priests there as well. It was definitely a gift, for sure. So some, some of the questions we like to ask all our guests, um, uh, what, what do you like to nerd out about? Oh man, that's a good question. You should have prepared me on this. I know. It's I don't know. <laughs> we can circle back. I can ask you some of the other questions. Well, that's too. how we yeah. can tell your. That's how we can tell your true well, nerd if you can answer yeah, on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, shib- I know. So it's a not, shibboleth, not a shibboleth. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so I guess the thing that I would nerd out the most about would be skiing. I love to ski. You want to know oh, yeah. about snow percentages in terms of like how much humidity is in the snow or water content by volume in different parts of the country. I'll tell you all about it. Wow. Who, who cares about stuff? Nobody. Well, I, I read about, to talk about, I read about how before the university of Utah, where you met your wife, you were, uh, you're doing the ski instructor thing, right? That's right. Yep. Yeah. That was a, a, a beautiful point in my life to say the least. The Lord had a different, a different plan for me than being a ski instructor I mean, to doing campus ministry at the University of Utah, I already had a degree in Catholic studies and philosophy in two years in seminary. And the chance to get my, to meet my wife through that job as well was a real gift also. Well, and then what, the University of Idaho after that? If you didn't, if Utah wasn't pretty enough, <laughs> you get to go to Idaho. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I got to go to the University of Northern Colorado uh, after that. But yes, it was, it was a, a real blessing to say the least, for sure. Yeah. So uh, another question um, that I, I try to ask more anyway is, uh, especially with Exodus 90, uh, if you had a billboard to say one big thing to people, uh, what would it say? And I just, and don't, um, don't just say the Exodus 90 logo. <laughs> Maybe, what, uh, what phrase or uh, would you, would you put up on there? The gift of God's grace 
is being given to you, receive it. And the reason I put that on there is because we as men certainly are always being given the gift of this grace. And yet, unfortunately, we're not receiving it and we're not disposed to receiving it. But living the Christian life, living a life of prayer, asceticism, and fraternity gives us the opportunity, gives us the ability to dispose ourselves to actually receiving the gift that God has for us today and every day. Your uh, book, um, The Strongest Man I Know, look, the illustrations look gorgeous. I haven't a chance to read it, but I was going to ask, what is, now since you have your own book, this may this may be the answer to the question, but what is the book you have most often gifted to other people? Yeah, actually the book that I think my wife and I most often gift to other people. And yes, it's, I, I agree with you now that I have my own book. I, we probably have gifted that one more <laughs> since we have so many copies of it sitting at home and I bring them around with me and I'm able to give them to people who host us and such like that on this tour. But before that, I would say it was three to get married by Fulton Sheen. We'd love to give that oh, to newly engaged couples as they started to prepare for marriage. The, the, what is it? The world's greatest gift? The the Fulton Sheen book about the Blessed Mother? That's that's one of my favorites. And do you want to tell us a little bit about uh, The Strongest Man I Know? Um, I mean, sure. this will probably be a little late for people looking for last minute Christmas gifts, but... Um, I think it, I think it looks like it'd be great for any of our kids. Yeah, absolutely. So the strongest man I know was an effort that I put in as I started writing like a longer form book, I realized who's going to read this book, this longer form book and who won't because there's plenty of opportunities for men to read longer form books and there's great authors out there writing them. So do I really want to just have another book on the shelf? How do I reach those guys who are unwilling to read longer books? And it was kind of stemming from that phrase, uh, the scripture passage from St. Paul, where he talks about being all things to all people, so that by any means he might save some, right? So, okay, what, do I, what can I do to reach some of these dads? They might not be willing to read a full book, but are they willing to read a children's book? Absolutely, because they love their child. They're willing to read a children's book. Great. So how do I get to them without making them feel like they just got preached at with a children's book? Because nobody likes that. Nobody likes yeah. that type of... Sure. <laughs> you know, ministry, if you will. That Dr. Seuss is so preachy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And so I empower them in the book to be the protagonist. As they read it, they think that they are proclaiming this message to their sons. And for those who are living this life of daily prayer, they are proclaiming this message to their sons. And they have this great reminder every time they read it of how important it is to have a life of daily prayer. But for those who don't, they're reading this to their son and they're seeing the admiration of their child on their lap and the son in the story, the admiration of them for the father who has a life of daily prayer as that gift to his family. And they desire to have, the child desires to have a relationship with our Lord as well because of this story, which hopefully is that nice nurturing, that nice subtle call out to that man to make him stir in his heart, not because of what I wrote, but because of the child who is literally sitting in his lap, who is reading to you, is them that stirring in their heart to have a relationship with God daily. So that's the strongest man I know. It's definitely an impactful book based on all of the, the reviews that we've got so far. It's been a huge gift to uh, many families. And if you want to check it out, the strongest man I know.com is the strongest man I know.com. You can grab it there. Awesome. Well, uh, yeah, I'll be getting my copy soon and appreciate you. appreciate, appreciate you putting that out, but also your time with us and the Catholic nerds today. Any last uh, shot across the bow, any last uh, message to guys that need to maybe feel one little last ounce of conviction to, to, to jump into Exodus 90 this year? Yeah, I would say this. I've done Exodus 90 five times, and I've failed Exodus 90 five times. What does that mean? <laughs> well, I finished it every single time, but like you guys probably, I didn't do it perfectly every time. Why? Because it's made to be too hard. It's made to be too hard so that we realize that we need God. That old phrase of God only gives you as much as you can handle, that's a total lie from Satan. I mean, God, if he only gave us what you could handle, we wouldn't need him. Yeah, we wouldn't amen. be in unity with him. God loves us so much more than that. He wants us just like we want our children to, to need us, that they can get stronger through the gifts that we have to give them, him as well. So he gives us more than we can handle. Exodus 90 is an example of the Christian life with it being more than we can handle. So that in our failures, 
we stop turning to ourselves and we start turning to God. It's a humbling gift and a gift that we are able to then learn to receive the love of the Father. That way when we get outside and we're in other situations, difficulty in the family, difficulty in finances, difficulty it's whatever, we're ready and we're learning on how to turn to God and not to ourselves. So men, if you're afraid to do Exodus 90 because you don't think you'll be able to do it, you won't be able to do it. And that's okay. That's the gift of it. You're doing it right that way. Do it anyway and learn who God the Father is and learn how much he loves you as his son in the process. Awesome. That's beautiful. And also beautiful that you let us drink black coffee during Exodus 90. I appreciate that. I know you're not a, a coffee <laughs> drinker yourself. This year, I hope to do better with the, um, the, the not using my phone as much. That's the discipline I was probably worst at last time around. But, uh, but thank you so much for your time, Nathaniel. Uh, we will be praying for your family uh, during your travels. Our Lady of the Way, pray for us. You know, stay close to the Catholic nerd community. We appreciate you. Hey, thanks so much for having me on the show today. It was a real gift. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You take care. So that was that was amazing to just kind of hear from from and and just yeah. This is actually my first time hearing it, so I'm pretty excited about it. Um, but one of the things that I want to want to just kind of bring closure to is um, where do we go from here? Like, what do we do after doing Exodus 90? Right. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. I know one of the things that that we talk about at the men's conferences is just finding a men's group. And so what can you do in your home parish in order to continue that fraternity, right. continue Exodus 90 past uh, what Exodus 90 is lined up for? It, I mean, allowing the Holy Spirit to do his thing. Uh, I have seen great outgrowth of, you know, new Bible studies, mm-hmm. I, things of things of that nature, renewed interest, and I took Columbus. But what I think is should happen is, in general, I was listening to Father John Ricardo on his podcast the other day, uh, meet in the homes more, uh, mm-hmm. meet in our homes, make our homes open. Uh, we you know, coffee, whatever, meet together and right. and let's start informally and just become some kind of um, formal, whatever, Bible study or whatever. Really bringing that back habit. to the idea of the domestic church. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, is a program itself, which is a beautiful program for families. Um, uh, if, if you've never heard of it, I highly encourage you to look into it. It started out in Poland uh, with uh, John Paul II's teachings on the domestic church and uh, has become this worldwide phenomenon. Yeah. Um, That's what John Paul II would do. He'd meet with people yeah. in their homes. They might go skiing together. Yeah. Just a, a natural friendship with your, your parish priest. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the things that I did following Exodus 90 was um, I really kind of started diving into a lot of the resources that the Knights of Columbus put out there. Uh, and the resources, one of the big resources they put out is this uh, domestic church uh like a standee with a bunch of different books mm, and pamphlets yeah. and stuff like that. And one of them was called into the breach. Yeah. Uh, which is an exhortation by Bishop Olmstead. Yeah. And this exhortation. Phoenix, when I Arizona. Say, dude, this thing was intense. It was amazing. It was beautiful. It was enlightening and changed like the way that I had the outlook on different things, but especially on my outlook as being a Catholic man. Um, so I would definitely encourage you if you have not read the exhortation, look into. Yeah, it's free online. You know, uh, not only is it free online, but they the Knights of Columbus also did a video series mm. based on Into the Breach, which has been very successful. Um, and they've done a prayer program to go along with it. Um, so something that you could do if you wanted to continue your Exodus 90 fraternity, but you needed that kind of structure to continue going is look into programs like into the breach. Uh, You know, it gives you something to focus on while you're at those weekly meetings and able to go through, I think that into the breach is a, uh, the video series is 12 week, uh, 12 videos. Um, The book I believe is like six weeks or something like that. So, um, but it's, it's definitely a fantastic opportunity to really, uh, learn what God has called you to as a man, as a Catholic man. That's actually why we, one of the reasons we started our Men of the Immaculata Catholic Men's Conference, Bishop Olmsted actually recorded a little intro, a little, hot, a little video saying hello to the guys of the Men's Conference. And it, it just so happens that the 
the day we chose for the men's conference is that reading from, I think it's Isaiah, the uh, repairers of the breach, what uh, Olmstead's quoting. Yeah. So it just, Holy Spirit kind of moment that we would pick a day randomly because it's uh, yeah. after deer season, you know, during Lent, after football season, and boom, it's the reading that Olmstead was. Um, right. Yeah. That started awesome. all. That's awesome. Let's wrap this up. Uh, we appreciate y'all for uh, letting us share Exodus 90 with you. And we hope it's been edifying and especially the interview, Nathaniel Benversi. If, if someone has more questions about Exodus 90, where did they go, Scott? Oh, yeah, that's a good point. So if you have any questions about Exodus 90, it's exodus90.com, E-X-O-D-U-S 90.com. And or search it in the app store. Yeah. And if the app is free for the first seven days, the app does cost like $10 a month. But if you just want to try it out, there is like a quick six, seven, eight day starter retreat starter. Um, if you want to try all the disciplines and things like that. Thank you for nerding out with us, the Catholic nerds. This has been Scott Smith. Colby Allen. And Cody Reed. Please do subscribe to this podcast and share it with all your friends, Catholic or not, cold showers or wimpy showers. And remember, Catholic nerds were not made for comfort. Catholic nerds were made for greatness. <laughs> You're such a nerd. Bum 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 b